0: to Aiming for the Moon. I am Taylor Bledsoe. And I am Maddie Henry. And on this podcast, we interview interesting people from a teenage perspective. That's right. And today we'll be interviewing Olaf Difleur, who is an indie film director, scriptwriter, and producer, along with being an actor. He has produced 10 or more indie films and has won seven awards. He also has a course on learned indie filmmaking by making a short film on Skillshare and other major course learning sites. On top of this, this is a two-part series, and this is part two of the series. So this is where we will be talking about practical filmmaking. Definitely go check out the first part if you haven't already heard it. Anyway, here's the interview. So hopefully you like it. you talked about becoming a filmmaker. So how do you think people who may be interested in filmmaking, how could they become a filmmaker? Do you have any advice for them?
1: Yes, absolutely. That's all I have. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. The am um, kidding. Sometimes it's good to do it with a demonstration rather than advice doesn't stick very often. So, either Maddie or Taylor, do either of you have an idea that you want to make? And I can.
0: Let I can me think, you. because I have a lot of story ideas. I don't know. Here, I bet I could come up with something. Maddie, do okay. you have any ideas off the top of your head? Not off the top of my head. I definitely have to think. You probably have a better shot at coming up with one, Taylor, than I would. So, I do have a kind of an interesting idea that's floating around. Um, And it's like, what if there were angels and they had a book that had all of human history, uh, past and future. And one day, this not very smart angel bumped the guy holding this book with containing all of human history. And this book fell in a puddle of water and smudged all of the scenes together. So um, what happened in Earth was then, for example, um, the, the Vikings came back. In the UK, all the Vikings came back. And in America, um, the Wright brothers who invented the first airplane started trying to test out their airplane in the middle of New York City. And all these things start smudging together to happen on in the modern time that wouldn't have happened. So history gets messed up and the angel who dropped it has to go back and fix it. So that's kind of an idea that's been bumping around. I mean, that's just awesome. kind of something off the top of my head.
1: That's awesome. Um, there's a lot in there. So let's we can, so let's dissect it. Okay. So you have so there are several things there, and uh, your question is how do you become a filmmaker? Yeah. So we're gonna translate uh, your idea into you becoming a filmmaker. Yeah. Okay. So let's. I just have to ask you a couple of more questions. Um, do you have a, a main character? this idea
0: sure um let's just call him smudge mcduffin he's the angel who dropped the book literally
1: (laughs) okay so smudge mcduffin probably has um i'm guessing now he feels bad about having dropped the book
0: i i get. um yes let's do that
1: yeah, just make it up. Yeah, yeah. So so a big part of what we're doing now is not overthinking. Yeah. So when we overthink, we talk ourselves out of doing the idea very quickly. Yeah. so we're, we're, speed is a big factor right now. <laughs> Guessing, and then we can fix it later. Yeah. So Smudge McDuffin is guilt-written trying to fix a universe. So probably when it happened, did he go somewhere and apologize? Or did someone scold him?
0: let okay so let's think um so he bumps into the guy who's carrying the book in a commotion and it falls in a puddle of water um and i don't let's say the guy who's holding the book scolds him and there's a scene where the guy that you see this sometimes in animated movies he has a hairdryer and he's blowing the the book's pages with the hairdryer and he's just scowling at smudge and smudge is like i'm so sorry and the guy just scowls in return or something like that awesome
1: Awesome, awesome. So it's an accident. There's some finger pointing, but it's not really helpful. Therefore, somebody tries to literally dry it up. Very practical. Okay. So let's dig into this idea. And we're going to, uh, and what I'm saying, uh, Maddie, also, is what we're doing now is a process that can apply to any idea. So we're going to translate this idea for you. Yeah. So, w- what is the theme of this idea? which is a very obscure, difficult question. And we need to get you into trouble with it. So you have to make a first attempt, Taylor. (laughs) What is the theme of this idea?
0: Okay, let me think. So are you saying theme as in what do you, because that can be, um, it depends on how you mean it. So what do you mean by theme? Like the emotion going through or like an idea? What do you mean by theme here?
1: Very good, very good reply because this is, uh, when I ask what is a theme, it is on purpose uh, supposed to do exactly what it did. You go, what is a theme? Because a theme is, and I'm not trying to advertise my course here, but I do a big section on it uh, because it's it's a fundamental thing. Yeah, So a theme always comes in the form of a question. So it's a, um, a question you have for the universe. And it's the question that's going to drive your idea, it's a question that when you're in doubt with your idea, it's going to get you over that doubt, yeah? So a theme is, um, so we need to chunk it down. Let's start general. You're asking what would happen if something happened in the universe that would cause history to get smudged and confused? What What does history mean? Which is another question. What is the meaning of history if it's just events that can get smudged. How What does smudging, I'm riffing now, what does smudging of history, does it reveal something good about life? Has happiness in life nothing to do with history? If we are rid of our history, is it easier to forgive people? We can go on and on, you see? So, Something like that. So, is there one question? And this is a long process, but if you find the first question now, it's going to get you on the track. What is your theme, maybe there, aside from, hey, it's a nifty idea? What is the life question?
0: Yeah, that's a really interesting point that you make. Like, for instance, my idea, as we've been talking about, like the smudging of history, I, haven't th- I hadn't really thought about it in the way that if, would that be, would it make it easier to forgive someone? So in this kind of idea that's been bouncing around, there's a character named Mr. Acceptor. It's like, it's he's kind of, a it's, he's purposely named very weirdly because he's not a very nice business guy. He's kind of the stereotypical mean business guy. Um, and But there's a hint throughout kind of the story that he's done something that he doesn't want to remember. So maybe if the history was smudged, as you say, he forgot about that thing or something like that.
1: Very, so very good. It's
0: an interesting theme that I really like that
1: yeah, so for example, what you did now, almost by reaction and not thinking, you connected this possibility of a theme to a character. Yeah, this is a, this is a form of how m- the magical force of a theme. so so Maddie, for example, if you're playing the guitar, every song has a theme, every conversation has a theme. and you notice it. There's always one theme question be- behind. Like if you're talking for some, to someone for a long time, the theme could be, oh, I'm so happy to talk to you and it doesn't matter what we're talking about. That means we're real friends, stuff like that. So going back to this, getting you on, the, so what we're gonna do now, we're gonna get you into an action, Taylor. Yeah. So let's talk about all the little inklings we know. You're curious about theme and you found out that, I'm going to think more about theme because I saw a mini functionality right there, yeah? So you're gonna think about that. Notice that the names of your characters have a ticklish element. So you say them, both of their names quickly, they're tickling, so meanings you wanna play. Guessing that there are gonna be a lot of colors, either in the writing or in the cinematography, okay? Okay. So now, I'm going to chuck us down, down from the clouds now, away from concepts and theme into practicality, okay? So <clears throat> what, if you could film one shot from this film with your phone tomorrow, what shot would that be?
0: Hmm, let me think. Okay, so... Let's see. I'm guessing that oh, thinking about this pra- uh, practicality part of it, it would be something that I would be able to do. So I wouldn't need some huge set or something or some huge flashy effects. So let's see here. Um, maybe something where the actual book being dropped. So you would only need a puddle of water and some prop, this big prop book or something that looks fancy on the outside or something like that. So that yeah. might be a possibility. You can Brilliant. have stand-in
1: actors or something. Brilliant. You see how quickly you did that. The, the trick often in, in this kind of demystifying your idea is to have a fellowship, a conversation. Because in this conversation, uh, just by asking a couple of questions, you're figuring out your idea. Alone, you would be probably, you can't really contain it too well. So it's nice to have people around when you're doing ideas that are appreciative. Yeah. So, for example, in my team, when we are developing ideas, there's no sarcasm allowed. You know, there's just pure go for it, go for it. Because criticism and sarcasm come at the end of the food chain. Yeah. Okay, so let's go back to your practicality. Let's say, okay, Taylor, great idea. We want to pitch this to a studio next week, just in a make believe world what you could do which is one of the very interesting elements in your idea which is this down-to-earth approach of the makers of the universe they have a book (laughs) they drop it and what is amazing that in heaven or wherever you want to put the creator they have a hair dryer (laughs) okay so that is actually pretty funny okay so let's say that In order to pitch this somewhere for your friends or yourself or a studio, let's do three shots. We change our one shot into three shots and you technically just did three shots. You drop the book, but what you were actually saying is here's a book, somebody holds it and it drops, yeah? So we always think uh, in sections of three. There's always one, two, three. I wanna go to the store, I go into the store, I say goodbye and go home. All thoughts are three, yeah? So is a story. A story is always a three. You know, somebody reading a story for you once upon a time. Then this happened and then something turned out and that, that's resolution. Yeah? Okay, go into your idea. What you could do is just that. Book is being dropped quite literally. And if you want to keep to the... Uh, let's say... Let's say you have your phone and we don't want to Trap it too much. Just take any book that's thick, old, your phone, and on purpose, try to shoot it really badly. And you notice you will not be able to shoot it badly. There's something in us that's just going to know how to do it. Yeah. Book being dropped, somebody takes it, carries it to an average suburban house, <laughs> and blow dries it. Yeah? What you can do, let's say if this is a teaser for your idea, then you can put a voiceover once upon a time, which is a fairy tale, but your visual approach will be down to earth, social media almost style. And having this elegance in voiceover (laughs) and then a very rough imagery can compensate quite well. And that can also speak for the rest of your idea, which is manageability. I'll just hire my friends. Taylor, you'll be that, or sorry, Matty, you'll be this one, this one will be this one, and we'll just film it. So by going through that, your idea is suddenly, doesn't need to happen just in a studio somewhere in Hollywood. You can just go and do it. And what you will be learning is the craft of storytelling. And also signaling to yourself, when I have an idea that is obscure, I can actually just do it first in baby language, roughly. And then if it's good, then I can maybe take this baby language field somewhere, get some money, because they can see what I'm trying to say, and then elevate it. So this is, is, we took, you know, um, top of your head idea, and we've put it into manageability. Any questions there? (laughs)
0: No, that is really well explained. And I find that very interesting. Like you said, you can take an idea that you just kind of think off the top of your head and transition it in this process to get it maybe produced in Hollywood if you end up writing a script or maybe directing it yourself and doing all these very fascinating things. And that's really interesting. I'm thank you so much for explaining this process to us.
1: My pleasure. My pleasure. The 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 also the another thing is which is really important here is to uh, stay naive. You You know, it's like when you're writing something, composing something, whatever, your mind has the tendency to go way far in the future, criticize it or give it an award either, or I just stay present, you know, and just like, it's a little bit like that fairy tale, Emperor's New Clothes, just point to it and do it. Like, yeah, just, there's a book, it drops. Did we film it? Do we see it in the file? Yes, we happen to see it. Uh, we can edit it. Oh, we can edit it. A, yeah, so it's a little bit like, occupy yourself with simplicity and then it's kind of managing your ending. Don't get too complicated too early. <laughs>
0: so don't give yourself an Emmy before it's made. I guess that's what you're saying. Or don't like win it. Don't um, imagine yourself on this stage getting a Grammy or an Emmy or something like that before it's made.
1: It, def- it definitely has value, but but the, the universal law seems to be like this. When you don't think about it, it comes to you. It's like when you don't think about money, you get money. It has a universal law. So the more you ignore the big structure, the more you'll be invited. <laughs> <laughs> when you don't care, so to speak. Great.
0: That's really interesting. It's been really cool to see you turn Taylor's idea and in- Wow, it's awesome. So these are our last two questions that we ask all of our guests. And the first one is, what books have had an impact on you and why?
1: The I was thinking about this question um, and uh, a part of me wants to be very fancy and count up several long book titles. But there there is one, one book in particular that changed my filmmaking life, which is a book that... Uh, kind of ties with my theme of filmmaking is how do you uh, demystify the process? How do you make it very accessible? And this book is called Save the Cat. Um, I'm not sure if you've heard about it, but this this book is basically, um, so I found it about 20, 15 or 20 years ago. And I read a lot of books on filmmaking and I still do. Um, but it was always um, a little bit too much theory to be a tool. And this book is just tool. It is So it's called Save the Cat. And it's based on, the title comes from, like in the movies in the 1950s, there was always, the main character was always saving a cat in the beginning. Yeah. So it, it goes into likability. So if you see someone save the cat in the beginning of the film, you're gonna like him for the rest of the film, even if it turns out that this is a bad guy or a woman. Yeah. Okay. So all the book is written by a, a Blake Snyder, um, uh, who passed away some years ago, but he left us this book called Save the Cat, and they also have a website, which dumps it down. To avoid saying it demystifies it, it really thumbs it down and gives you um, a clear t- a tool, a clear toolbox, like a clean toolbox that isn't very pre-interpreted for you. So when you get read this book, it, you can really make it into whatever you like yourself. So that would be the book that changed my life—a little book with a cat hanging on a rope, almost falling. <laughs> That
0: is awesome. We're going to have to definitely check that book out because it sounds really awesome. So what advice do you have for teenagers in general?
1: Um, it ties into like some of the things we've discussed, uh, which is when thinking about this, it is like very often rule number one is don't give advice. <laughs> yeah so it's it's more like it's, it does the advice maybe would be um be aware of space for listening you know for yourself uh, and to others and if there was any you know like a typical advice i would just say um again it's hard to give advice because it's so much you have to experience so much of it but i would just say like keep in mind that hurrying is gonna cost you much more time than going slow yeah so like like for example um when we are uh, listening to our own ideas or other people's ideas in filmmaking it is so much based on like we very hu- hurry over our ideas and what we're talking about with others like we're always going somewhere. We're not going anywhere. You know, if you're hurrying in traffic or if you're hurrying walking, where are you going? You're going on social media at home. You're going to look at something. You're going to eat something. We're not going anywhere. So there's no need. So it, it just ties into this primal fear of not being cut out of the herd. <laughs> we always be have to be honest. We have to look professional. We have to no, This is like practice chilling, for the lack of a more prestigious word, and not be dominated by this false sense of speed, like we have to hurry. Yeah, so the the best measure is, like when I'm doing video meetings, if the sound doesn't work in a video meeting, it's there where you see the beast. Oh, my God, it doesn't work. Oh, we have to fix it. Oh, I'm not ready. I'm going to get cut out of the herd. No, you just say, hey, my sound doesn't work. Just like Taylor did in the beginning. She said, Olaf, it so happens that the sound isn't great when you do this with your head or the mic is that. Correct it. So I corrected it. And it went pretty well. So this is This is a big muscle when it comes to developing your ideas, listening to others.
0: Your advice is actually very similar to someone else that we've had on, Mr. Eric Newsom. He works at NPR and he is an expert in podcasting. His advice basically was similar in the way that he said that um, you need to take rest periods. You don't always need to have that startup energy where you need to work 12 hours every single day or 24 hours and then do that every single week or, and do some crazy things, only sleep three hours a day, or something like that, because during those rest periods, that helps you gain back um, your energy. So it's not the same exact advice that you were giving, but it's similar. You don't need to hurry as much as you think you do. So I find that very interesting that you two, your advice um, overlapped. It's interesting because we've interviewed so many people that happens a lot and a lot more than I actually expected. A lot of these very well known people, their advice overlaps to kind of form um, an interesting grid. So I find that very fascinating.
1: Yeah. And, and it, it also just, um, just to link it a little bit further, because we're on the point, is just it ties into uh, nobody is protecting your nervous system except yourself. Like when you ever cross the line of the you know, stamina, or the capacity of your like nerves, you know, going back from that is extremely hard. So if you can come up with a personal uh, exercise where you practice, it's kind of a preemptive strike. Um, And it also, there's more access uh, to yourself through that slowing down. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, that one of these reverse laws, which is like um, divers, uh, when they're learning to hold their breath, they really want to breathe. But if they breathe, even though the body is telling them, then they're not gonna expand their lungs. So it's going against your instinct a little bit. Let's go slow because I wanna go fast. So it's a, it's a balancing thing basically, interesting.
0: Well, thank you so much for coming on. It has been an incredible interview. That is, re- it's been very entertaining and awesome to have you on. So, thank you so much for taking the time awesome. and coming on.
1: Awesome, awesome, awesome! And um, please, uh, I would just also like to say, if anybody wants to reach out with filmmaking questions, they can go to my website or check out my course. But because that's, it's my passion to share and help people communicate
0: that was an incredible interview and i know i say that a lot but that was honestly i was fascinated hey smudge mcduffin the movie that would be incredible what do you think maddie Oh, I would be in the front row seat and I would be watching that movie and I'd buy that movie. That would be so awesome. Yeah, I don't even know how to make a movie, but if I ever partnered with Mr. DeFleur or something, that would be incredible. So yeah, we, we've interviewed authors. Maybe they would help write a book about it. And then we got it published as a movie. That would be that, that would, would be really awesome. cool. That be I, really although cool. that's like kind of that would be like a dream thing. I don't know if that would ever happen, but hey, you never know. So that was, I actually really enjoyed learning about the filmmaking because I've been interested in this for a little bit, like how different camera angles do different things and can give different emotions. Um, For example, there's been a TV series out. um, A lot of people know about it. The Mandalorian. Um, Maddie and I really like that series. It's not sponsored or anything like that. I'm pretty sure if you don't know about The Mandalorian, you've been living under a rock for the last year. Hey, Any Baby Yoda. Don't. Come on. That's from the Mandalorian. Everyone hey, knows Baby Yoda. Some people don't. Like, i you never know. <laughs> um, well, anyway, I, I've been really interested in, like, those camera angles because uh, they have a lot of different directors on that have their distinctive style, Been interested in kind of, like, where you position the camera matters. You don't just always do a full-on shot because then that doesn't give a different emotion or the music, the tune the tune but like the lights and the sound effects all of that plays into this idea of theme as we were talking a lot about I don't know if that was in I believe that was in the second part right that was the second part yeah that was the second part of the um, series that we're doing here so that's been fascinating to me and I'm so glad Mr. Diffler um, talked all about that it it was really cool to hear it because I, I don't really think everyone realizes how much work goes into a movie like that. Like you said, like the music that's composed for that, that really sets the mood, the camera angles, like how important camera angles really can be. I don't really think I've ever thought about that. And it's really cool to kind of pick the brain of Mr. Dufleur because he really kind of really gave us a great place to start. If you're interested in filmmaking, go first go check out his course and then take his advice on thinking simply and thinking about the theme. And it's, I think it's really cool. Now I really, really want to go do his course. For sure. And the book he recommended, oh, what was it? Save the Cat, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, Now that I think about that, I've heard that term before. And it's like the save the cat moment where he described it, where someone does something and it makes you like the like the character even if they turn out to be a bad person uh bad character then yeah i've definitely heard of that although i didn't say that during the interview so i, was, I didn't think about that until later <laughs> um and his advice was interesting because we've heard as i said in the interview similar advice with mr Newsom, uh but i thought that was interesting how both of those kind of content producers had similar advice take it slowly it's just kind of been an interesting study and I feel like I should write a research paper, although I would never get published because I'm (laughs) not a scientist. I haven't won a science fair, so I wouldn't get published. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's a really cool concept and it's kind of, I feel like our world kind of creates a false sense of hurry that we always need to be super fast. Like for me, if like a web browser doesn't load in 10 seconds, I'm like, oh my word, come on, come on, come on, come on. Like I don't have time, but I do. Like, to just sit there and kind of be in the moment and just take it slowly. I feel like that'll help a lot of people. For sure. It's interesting. I have only lived in America um, and it's interesting when you go to the big cities in America, there's definitely a sense of urgency. Everyone's rushing in New York. Everyone's rushing in San Francisco. Everyone's trying to get everything done. There's the startup culture that we've talked about before with you need to, you need to get it done. You need to get it done. You need to do faster, faster, faster. You need to do the grind. You better be, you better be working or you're not gonna be making money. <laughs> It's Seriously. interesting. Um, we talked about the universal law um in the interview. And I thought that was fascinating. It really is. And it's it's crazy how fast people think life needs to go, but it really doesn't need to. And that he doesn't. made a great point of that. Yeah, especially when you're like our age, because we're not that old. I can't even drive or vote or anything. Oh. So the only thing that I can do is talk to people through a microphone. Um, <laughs> and it's it's pretty awesome. So I think we I think I'd probably take myself too seriously. I don't know. I guess it depends. Yes. So his advice was awesome. Hey, I think we mentioned this in the first part of the series that we put out, but we have a promotion link that he has sent us or is sending us. And that will be in the description or the notes of this episode. It'll also be on our website underneath this episode. And to the first 10 people who click on that will get his course for free on Skillshare. So definitely do that. His course is very interesting. Um, He is a really nice guy and he seems he has a lot of experience in this. So definitely go check that out. Um, We're very thankful that he has provided promotion material for us because that's really awesome. It's very nice. It is. And a non-smash section because we've kind of been going off topic here. So (laughs) as I mentioned before, aimingforthemoon.com. We got, we got a blog guys. We got a guest pages. We got pictures of the guests. You want to see those guests? There are pictures of them on our website. If you don't want to take the extra time to Google them, <laughs> uh, just go to our website, give us some hits. We got episodes out there. So and if you don't want to, for some reason, listen on Apple podcasts or any of the other ones, check it, check them out there. We have links to their stuff. Go do that. Um, we have a contact page. We have merch. If you want to pre-order merch, it's comfortable. I'm biased. So that doesn't count, but it is comfortable and it's like it aiming is. to the moon stickers and things. We partnered with Art by Harp on that. Check her out. She's a really great graphic design artist. So definitely go check her out and follow us on the socials. Maddie, what are our socials? Okay. So we have Instagram and Twitter, and y- our handle is aiming the number four moon. Um, And we have a lot of promotions about stuff that may be coming up, little teasers, maybe some pictures of the guests. Um, And then our YouTube, we have a YouTube channel for our podcast. It's Aiming for the Moon podcast. We'll um, sometimes post episodes. We had we put our gift card drawing winner on that as a video. And so definitely go check all those out. Yeah. And then I am setting up a Goodreads list of all the books that have been recommended and all the authors that we've had on their books. So check that out. Um, I don't know if that'll be up and running by the time this comes out. Cause I'm not entirely sure when this comes out, but if it is, go check that out. I'll hopefully have that linked on the website, but I can't guarantee anything on that one, but I'm definitely, um, setting that up. Yeah. We'll hopefully yeah. do a blog post about it so you can check that out on our blog. Yeah, for sure. So share this around, share it with your uncle. You see it once a year at birthday parties and family gatherings I don't know why you would see him at your birthday party, but maybe he's invited. You never know. Share it with your grandparents, your friends, your teacher, your teacher's friends. I think I said that last episode. You did. Um, Share it with everyone because that would be awesome. And yeah, we love all the promotion. I know I'm biased, but that would be awesome if you did. So rate, review, because that helps us with the analytics. If you want want to support us, that's one of the biggest ways. If you, read, if you um, leave a little bit of a word review, I don't know how else to say that. Five stars if you want. One star if you hate it. Be honest. Um, and yeah, thanks so much for listening. So don't forget. say your sights high. And aim for the moon.